We want to know when you go onto a website and a pop-up comes on the screen, do you feel inclined to provide your email address or do you just click out of the box? You're probably like us and you just click right out and move along to explore the site like you intended. So then how do you ever grow your email list with anyone but your existing clients? We have some ideas. This episode is hopefully going to challenge the way you think about creating your email subscription list in a unique way. To lay out some ideas and discuss strategies to collect both an active and passive audience, we've brought in our team member, Katie Fisher. Katie has been helping clients create what is known as lead generators and nurture sequences to grow and foster their list. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teep. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business. Katie, before we dive in, can you recap what a lead generator and a nurture sequence is? The concept of a lead generator is that it is a tool or strategy used to create a pipeline of potential leads. And the goal is to gather their information, but in exchange for their email address and their name, you give them something. So a freebie, like a quiz or a how we work document or a pricing guide, something like that. And that way you're not just asking for their email address with like those pop-ups when you sign on to a website or log on to a website. That way they're getting something in exchange. And then ideally those people who do your quiz or download your How We Work guide are nurtured through an automated sequence that aligns with their interest and also what you sell. So that's the short version. But we also went really hard on that in episode 10. So go back and listen to that one if you have not. That's one of our most popular episodes yet, actually. Like people really love the topic of email marketing. So hopefully this is even more exciting for people because we talked about lead generators there, nurture sequences, the why, the how. It's interesting too, because I feel like everyone was hot and heavy on social. And then when you brought up email lists, people were like, well, I hate email. So I'm not doing an email list. And now people are like, wait, no, I understand the value. So more and more people are super into email, which is great because again, it's like rented space versus bought space. Like it's, it's just a really, it's where most of our business comes from when we launch, promote anything. So what we want to talk about today, which is super exciting, is a twist on traditional lead generator, like Katie mentioned. So when we were first designing, what was that? It was probably two websites ago. <laughs> People are like, why does Steve always have a new website? Because Robin's crazy. <laughs> Robin loves that it's our brand identity. Like that's what we what got us on the map a little bit was just staying on top of brand trends. And you specifically had started learning about designing websites. And so it just kind of evolved. Our first website, you put up really quickly. And then you Mm -hmm. actually got a chance to step back and do it again. And then our model changed. So it kind of required another website. Yeah. I would say it was two websites ago. We were big in branding, which we still are, of course. But I wanted to get more people on our email list in like a strategic way. 
I love lead generators, but a lot of the times when I go online and I don't know if y'all agree with this, I see a lot of like the same stuff. So I'm like, I needed a fresh and fun idea. And I went to some website and they had a quiz and I was like, dang, I'm obsessed with that. Cause who doesn't take a quiz? Like when Vogue used to come out with all of those like quizzes, I could not stop consuming. It was like, what type of potato chip are you? What if you were a Sesame Street character, who would you be? Like the stupidest stuff that like I didn't really care about, but I was like, dang, I gotta know. I so, have to know what Disney princess I am. I, I have to know. I don't even go to Disney World, but I have to know if I I'm an rest. or I cannot rest until I'm aware. And it was just I always loved them. So I found a, a quiz platform called Interact. And, and you can make a quiz on there. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it. And it, honestly, it sat down. It probably took me like a day or two to map it all out. And I created a quiz for us. And it was like, what is your brand's personality? Which if you think about it, we were looking for people to do branding projects with us. It made a lot of sense because what we were able to do is get a really good idea for people. Well, number one, we're capturing audience coming onto our website that we can convert to subscribers on our email list. But we were able to ask them like strategic questions about like what kind of brands they like so that we know for like social media, what's going to actually attract people to want to work with us. Like what are, did the majority of our followers prefer when it comes to like these design principles? We built out, it was like four different, three, four different results. I think it was either three or four. We built out the four results, all the questions, like every single answer would tie back to a result. And if you've ever used Interact before, they make it incredibly easy to kind of map out your quiz on their little platform. They also, with AI, I guess you can make a free quiz using AI now. So that's kind of fun. But I mapped it all out and I was like so impressed with it. But at the end of the day, I don't think we really promoted it too, too much, maybe a couple times on social media. But it was one of those things where I was like, okay, cool. It's on there. When people are looking at branding, there was a block, like a little section on our website where it's like, find out your brand's personality. People would take it. Well, then like two months later, I went back and like looked at the (laughs) results and our email list jumped up like hardcore. Everyone was taking that quiz. It was just interesting because I was like, okay, so these people are similar to me where they do like quizzes. I think quizzes kind of tickle that part of our psyche where we're like, let's find out more about ourselves. Like it's very human nature to want to like discover more about, you know, me and the quiz really allowed our followers to do that. So I'm a big proponent of quizzes. I think I talked about it to every person who was on Teak Week with us. Like I talk about it all the time where I'm like, if you want to grow your email list, one of my favorite lead generators is a quiz. And now with Interact having the AI component where they'll actually help you make a quiz, like you give them, I think like your goals, how many questions you want, stuff like that, like basic information. And they'll actually help you map which is really nice because a lot of people are like, how do you have like the tech brain to like sit there and like work backwards? It was really beneficial for us. And honestly, it just, I don't know, it allowed us to, like I mentioned, ask those targeted questions to get a better understanding of who our audience was. Because we also infused into the quiz, like not every single question had to be about the brand personality. Like there were a couple questions in there, like what's your biggest pain point with your current brand? That's super important for us to know because that allows us to more easily sell to people because we have that information in front of us. So we were able to ask targeted questions, get to know our audience a little bit better. And the conversion rate for quizzes, it can be up to 55%, which is super, super high. And that obviously will depend on a plethora of things where you're advertising your quiz, the design, like 
if it's interesting to your followers and all of that good stuff. But it's probably the easiest way we found to collect and really grow our email lists substantially. I actually signed up for a free Interact account recently because I wanted to see what it was like, just kind of in preparation for this podcast. Also, just anything that you do marketing-wise, I want to have at least a semblance of an understanding. I just think that makes for a much more unified partnership. And that was when they launched their AI quiz and someone actually reaches out to you. And I think that is so cool because it felt so personal. First of all, it's a free account. And they're like, I'll make this free AI quiz for you. But they still ask some personalized questions and they built it for me. And so if you're thinking like, I don't have the time, nor do I know if you know someone answers that my favorite sauce is marinara, how that's going to translate to <laughs> naturally, they need to go to Italy. Then I'm, I'm an adaptable traveler that only you know uses a carry on or something <laughs> like that. Like <laughs> these these psychological things. What I want to point out though is not every question that they're going to ask is also going to directly indicate the end answer. A lot of it is actually collecting qualifying points for you as the lead capturer, you can incorporate certain questions in there that are going to help you qualify the client, which we'll dive into later in the episode. But I just really thought it was interesting because it's not just about getting the email address. It's about so much more. And you can use this information in so many different ways. And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning. It was Jenna Kutcher because as I do in the mornings, get my brain juices flowing. But she was talking about how Ritz crackers have become this very versatile cracker that like now can be in desserts, but can also be a snack, but also can be a main ingredient in something. And talking about how once you step away from your immediate understanding of like what you've put out into the world and you think about how other people can use that and flip it in a different way. Like that's kind of how quizzes are. Like so interesting and so true. Right? Like how is someone else consuming this content, but also how can you use it to look at it from a different angle, that angle that allows you to be more versatile yeah. than you already were. That's so know. interesting. With with EEW actually, obviously we created it so people knew more about Travel Joy and and our workflow and like blah blah blah. The templates they're so great. And I was like, it helps the direct person. Like it helps the travel advisor who purchased it. Somebody purchased it because they didn't have time to do an onboarding program for their VA. So they bought it for the VA. I was like, you're a genius. Would never thought of that. It's like a Ritz cracker. That's super. And to get that from a quiz, I mean, how valuable, because again, when you have these marketing details and you're getting to ask these questions, you're able to fine tune your copy. You're able to fine tune your messaging. You're able to tackle objections inside of social media. Like all of a sudden you're getting these more qualified people coming into your stratosphere. I think it's just, it's so, it's so, so powerful. So. Okay. So speaking of that though, let's talk about the targeting ability. Now you just, you kind of just touched on that. What would that mean for someone if all of a sudden they start getting these quiz answers coming in? We've touched on nurture sequences and this kind of like is present in this concept. But how does a quiz allow you to deliver information? There's so many reasons for quizzes. Like my brain is going in 30 different directions, but like as we're going through this, I'm like, oh my God, and then you could do this and you can do this. That's the part of it that people need to understand listening to this episode. You can build a quiz on Interact and throw it up on your website, but if you do nothing with the data, you're missing 
out on the entire point. Yeah. Underline, bold, highlight that statement for sure. So what does that mean though for someone that's listening and they're like, okay, well, I just wanted more email addresses because in a single faceted way, the goal is let's get more email addresses. Okay. Now let's take it a step further. Yeah. Again, I guess that you need to know the goal of your quiz. If it is just to generically grow your email list, great. What we did, that was kind of just to grow our branding list. We want to be able to sell branding. So no one's going to submit that. I take that back. People will submit quiz results when they don't actively need something. But typically, if you're like not a business owner, you're not going to care what your travel business brand looks like. So that kind of cut down on the people. So the people who were submitting it were people who actively had a travel brand. Uh, Typically, only travel advisors find our websites anyways. But with the capabilities of Interact and some of the reasons why I love this platform so much is the backend will tie into your email marketing software. So we connected it to... We use ActiveCampaign. So when somebody submitted a quiz result, what would happen is they would take all the questions. Yay, you're bright and airy. That's your quiz. So what we would do then is Interact would tell ActiveCampaign, Jen took your quiz. It would tag her. It would like segment her into a list. It would tag what result she did so that we could go in and then deliver her results. So you have to have a way to deliver those results, whether that's like a... I think we had a backend website page that it would kick people to to be like, yeah, you're bright and airy. What does that mean? And then we would also in our email list, they would be segmented out. So they would go to their own nurture sequence for our bright and airy people. And I actually like sourced stock images for our each of those things. So there was like, what was it? Bold and adventurous, bright and airy, dark and moody. Everyone loves stock images. So it was like, just like a little unsplash bank, I think of like these images that kind of tied into travel and that sort of branding personality or branding vibe, I guess. So then from there, I could I could segment more. So it's like, here's like some more deliverables, like, yeah, you took the quiz. Thank you so much. Here's an extra freebie for you. So nobody can just go on our website and be like, well, I want Teak's 10 to 20 bright and airy photos. It was like, you had to take the quiz to get an extra little bonus from us that tied into that result. And then from there, we would sell them on a branding package based on like, if they have an active need, they would go down this sort of funnel. So you can kind of build from there. And it all depends. So if you use a quiz and it's like, what's your travel vibe? And somehow that ties into your one of your three main packages in your like travel business. You could create different funnels. And then all of a sudden, instead of just selling people like the basic travel thing, it feels like you're taking the time to get to know them to like give them the information that's like most relevant to them. So if one of your things is like multi-generational travel and like these people always travel with their family once a year, it's like, somehow the quiz spits them out over on this side. And then you're only talking about that service because that applies to them the most versus being like, here's all the packages. And then it's kind of like muted noise a little bit because it's like, maybe I need this, maybe I don't, whatever. Having that ability to ask the questions, put people into the proper bucket, and then follow up with the information that they would need to take the next steps is like the most game-changing thing for your business. I really think that's part of the reason why Teak's branding is where it is at right now is because people were able to get follow-up information and then we became really known for branding. We sold out of branding this year. Like it just I think there's been a whole snowball effect because of it, because of targeted email marketing and like the power that it can have for your business. Well, and everyone wants to feel seen, right? If I'm getting a generic email 
versus an email that's like, so there is, we do have a client who has a, what's your foodie destination? Of course, I took the quiz because I got to know. And of course, it served me up Italy without like even intending to. I'm like, okay, this is all point, all signs point to Italy. This all quiz the time. is correct. <laughs> <laughs> this quiz is correct. So then I started getting this nurture sequence of Italian inspiration. So like feeling seen, I'm like, yes, obviously now you know me, but she didn't do anything. She made that quiz one time, but for months on end, I'm getting very targeted and specific email content to me. And I I don't want to say she didn't do anything because I know that she honed this nurture sequence for, she said for years actually. So like she's actively working on this, but it made me feel seen. It was affirming because I'm like, yeah, I do love Italy. So I got even more excited about it. She tapped into my emotions. Now, if I had just gotten a generic email list after I got the answer of that, I may or may not engage again, but I wasn't, I was getting targeted emails. And that's what makes, you're right. It makes it all the difference. It's just like, oh, this is for me. Like instead of yeah. being like, oh, I'm another subscriber on this person's email list. It's one of the, I think it's Jenna Kutcher. She has like the business superpower. Secret sauce. Secret sauce. Yeah. And it was like all about like tangible things for your business. I'm like, dang, smart. So if you're trying to fix your systems right now, like you're going to get more of her systems content. She's going to send you stuff, podcast episodes about the systems. If you're trying to grow your email list or hone in on your marketing strategy this year, she's going to send you stuff on that. And I'm like, that matters to me because maybe I don't care about the other thing at all right now. My systems are on lock and email marketing is where my brain's at. Like if you're sending me stuff on things that don't matter to me, all of a sudden psychologically, I see that. And I'm less inclined to open future things. So it's just like this whole little, you just want to keep people engaged. You want to keep people clicking. And when you're delivering stuff that's like actually relevant, they will keep on clicking. Okay. Let's take this a step further. And Katie, I want you to, to feel free to chime in too, because I know that we're kind of just covering like the benefits right now, but I know Katie has actually been researching this because she hasn't used quiz for clients just yet. You are using more traditional lead generators, like you said, like downloads, how we work guides, pricing guides, things like that. Robin has actually gone through the the process of making the quiz. So Robin, before we dive into ideas and Katie's going to unleash some really great ideas and also like how this idea can fuel your business. So like that multifaceted approach where like, obviously you're getting an email address, but what else can you derive from these answers? Robin, walk us through how you decided on like what question. So if someone is wanting to make a quiz right now and say they don't have AI or they don't like the AI generated ideas that they came up with, Did you add in other questions that had nothing to do with branding because you wanted to get them to tag in certain things? And like, how did you come up with this questions? Did you apply brand voice to everything? I think there's a lot that goes into every question and it can feel very overwhelming. So the first question, I guess, from me is, did it feel overwhelming or did it just kind of, what did it, what did it feel like? What did the process look like? So a good rule of thumb is 10 questions. I consumed, like I told you, probably 5 trillion quizzes. So I had some funny like ideas in my head for how you can tie back into branding. And part of that's just because like I worked with so many branding clients and like we have the questions where it's like, if your brand was a party, what kind of party would it be? So I would infuse kind of those. And again, that all comes down to what your quiz is. So it's hard to be like, ask them this, ask them that. 
um, you really have to start with your end goal in mind. So if my quiz is about foodie destinations, I need to know those destinations that are going to be in the results page so that I can work backwards from there. And then you just have to get creative and talk about different, like think through different questions and different ways of like asking people to get them to that answer. (laughs) It's hard. Again, if it's too challenging for your brain to wrap around, I highly recommend the AI thing with Interact because they do do a really good job at trying to help you map things out and get your ideas fleshed out a little bit more. But yeah, it was just kind of me sitting down and plugging and playing and being like, okay, so if I was bright and airy, what kind of party would I be? You can include pictures. So like one of the things that it was like, what was, what are you most attracted to? Like, which, what was it? It might've been like a hotel scene or something. And it was like different pictures of different hotels. And it's like, which hotel would you stay at? And it was like a I think a safari lodge for bold and adventurous. It was like a, like a one hotel in Miami beach, like the very clean and modern for bright and airy and something else and something else for like sophisticated and stuff. So in my head, I would be like, okay, so it's a hotel and how does the hotel become a brand and work back from there. But like some things you need to have in place before you even start making the quiz is like number one, that idea with the four results or three results, I would say give people at least three result options. Like, to make sure that the quiz, you know, it's versatile enough to like yeah. a- a- appeal to multiple people. Because to me, I feel like four is the magic number just because like putting people in three categories can feel oversimplified. And I think you can come up with four if it's destination based, which again, we'll go into that in a minute, but like you can easily come up with four different wine destinations or foodie destinations like we were talking about that are going to apply. I feel like start with the answers first and work backwards. To me, I always work backwards on everything. So like start with the goal that you want. So say your niche is, you know, like we said, like foodie, come up with those four foodie destinations. And then like, think about the qualifying questions that you ask someone on an intake call, but not in a direct way and like a fun way, treat it like an intake call. Yeah. I think a good thing about this too, is if you don't feel that you have like strong qualifying questions, this might force you to like hone that part of your business too. Because that was always a struggle I had. Like I really struggled at the beginning having strong qualifying questions for certain destinations. So I feel like this is a fun way to like work on another part of your business without feeling like you're working on another part of your business. So And like, just know it takes some brain power. Like (laughs) this course is not something I sat down one afternoon and cranked out. It was like over the span of like a couple weeks slash maybe a couple months of me creating, me having ideas, me going back and adjusting. And like we mentioned before, we have advisors now utilizing quizzes and like there's something you need to continuously like look at and hone and like tweak and adjust and all of that kind of stuff too. So you also need to think about if you're going to create a quiz, you need to host it on your website. So having a page where people go to take your, you want to embed it on your website. So if it's a show at website, you can embed the code for the quiz from Interact directly onto your website. And then once you have all of the quiz stuff set up, you got to get the back end stuff set up. So you have to have a way to target them, to segment your list. You need different email sequences because you need to deliver the different results. So there's like some tech that has to happen on the back end. So if you're not tech savvy, it can be kind of intimidating, which is why, you know, if you're growing your email list, a lead generator, like a PDF or a packing list is going to be the easiest option for you because sometimes the technology piece of creating four different backend nurture sequences is a lot, particularly if you like are not familiar with the tech that you're using and stuff like that. I guess even 
stepping back, we say work backwards. Okay. So actually define your goal first, because like if your goal, like we said, is to get email lists, it can be something kind of just like fun and light and it doesn't have to be qualifying. But if your intention is almost to be able to splice and dice data. So for example, if you're like a luxury travel advisor and you want to know how many people actually are interested in luxury that land on your site, this is something that would allow you to splice and dice how many people are actually landing in that luxury bucket on your quiz. Like what's your travel style? And if you're getting a lot of backpackers as the end result, then you probably need to redefine like where you're marketing in general. So this could be much more than just tagging and marketing. This could be a data collection tactic. So if the goal is collection of data, okay, what data are you looking for and how are you going to use it? Not just what are you looking for, but how are you going to use it? And then the other question is like, what is your niche? Make sure it's aligning with your niche. If I do a quiz on foodie destinations, I hope that my niche is is foodie. Like I I think that goes without saying, but you need to make sure that your niche is encapsulated in in your quiz. So we keep on kind of like dabbling into these ideas and Katie's going to take it away from here because she's going to talk about some ideas that you can implement, but also like what information you can get from these ideas, because we always want our podcast to be tangible takeaways. Like I I would hope that a lot of people are listening to this and they're able to like pull specific action items from this. So right now your goal, if, if you're interested in doing a quiz is like defining the goal of what you want to derive from that and then picking your like four answers and then working backwards. But Katie, talk us through some ideas also like what the goals of those ideas would be. Okay. I have so many thoughts in my head that like they keep trying to all come out at the same time. One of the things that I found when I was like researching about like the power of quizzes as a lead generator is that they have viral potential as well. Like people, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, people will do like the story and then they put the sticker on it, like share your June photo dump or whatever. So in the similar vein where you could encourage people to share this quiz on social media, so you're not only reaching your website traffic, but also social media traffic on top of high conversion rates and qualifying potentials that it could also go viral. And not in the sense that like you'll have a million people on your email list. I think it's a fun... People love that fun stuff. It's just like the engagement stickers on Instagram stories, like polls and the little slider and all that. So I'm not going to give her name away, but if she's listening, she knows who she is. But one of our niche members, she was an English teacher and then transitioned over to the travel world. And she has a quiz up right now that very much hones in on her niche. And it's what type of vacation you should take based on your reading style. And I love that idea because it's slightly travel based, but it's more it's like speaking directly to people who are bookworms who are interested in reading. And that's her target market. And so like she's putting a fun lead generator out there. She's growing her list, but she's also speaking directly to who she wants to sell to. I think that is like really intentional and is obviously going to speak directly to who she's trying to speak to. And I think the entire like overarching topic of what we're talking about all the time on every podcast episode, but also like this one is the concept of when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And I think that's important to keep in mind when you're creating your quiz, honing in on what your goal is and how you plan to use that data. Even if you don't plan on having multiple nurture sequences set up in the background and getting super targeted with your email marketing, even if you're just doing 
a once a month newsletter, you're at least collecting email addresses for hopefully the people that you want to be speaking to anyway. So I think like, regardless of how intense you're going to get with your email marketing, your quiz should have a goal of speaking to the audience you want to speak to. So I think people shouldn't be too worried about, well, my quiz isn't general enough. That's okay. Make it super specific. I love that because it reiterated her brand without having to say like, I plan literary travel. It was just this fun way of her reinforcing her brand identity. To me, I'm like, I feel like there's a lot that you could do with the information. So for example, if it spits out that you love like Pride and Prejudice era, like you, you're like, okay, well, guess what? I'm also hosting this group trip to Codswalds and around old England, like in seeing his story, like this is totally off the cuff. I'm not, I don't know literary history, so this is not my forte, but I'm just saying like you could tie specific marketing for trips or itineraries to the things that clearly your audience is drawn to and like dangle these things in front of them. So if you do ever have a group trip or if you ever have a special and you're like, oh, how can I advertise this really cool special? Well, if it's for the Caribbean, probably don't go to the people that are like looking for historical-based novels. Go to the person that loves the beach reads, you know? And and like such a fun way of like grab your beach bag and head to the beach and enjoy this book at this at Sugar Beach because of XYZ. Like there's six destinations that go with beach read. That's like one of the really good books of like this season or whatever. But like instead of sending out a newsletter to 1400 people on your list and 1100 of them don't care about the Cotswolds or, you know, like then you have this segment where you know that their answer on your quiz was Pride and Prejudice is their favorite. I almost said beach read. That's a heavy beach read. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. You know, that's a unique niche in itself. <laughs> I mean, look, look, the stack of books I have sitting here is they're, they're not beach reads either. So like on the back end, to be able to click into whatever email marketing platform you use and scroll to your segments and see that you have 300 people who love Pride and Prejudice or they love this type of foodie trip and then creating email marketing around that. Yes, maybe you're only sending it to 300 people instead of 1400, but those 300 people want to hear it. So I think that's, that's another part of like using the data. Don't just put the quiz together, throw it up and hope for the best. I know Robin feels the same way. I get geeked on data and like how powerful it can be. And I think circling back to what you said, Jen, about like, if you have a ton of backpackers taking your quiz, when you're trying to attract luxury, you can take a step back and adjust the language on your website or like the tone of your marketing or what you're putting out there. So I think it, I think it has so many uses. It's not just a quiz. <laughs> that should be the title. It's of not, it's it's not, not just, just a, quiz. a quiz. In that same kind of mindset, what if you're scared to niche down? We get so many people that say like, I'm scared to niche down because I'm, I'm not going to speak to everyone. And then what if I don't have enough business to support the niche that I want to be in? Well, what if your quiz tells you, like you kind of beta test it, like quizzes are a fun way of beta testing your audience as well, right? Like we always talk about like, poll your audience. Well, pull them with a quiz and say, something destination-based or something niche-based is the answer. And if you notice that everyone's in that niche bucket, you're like, okay, here's the affirmation I need to get my marketing even clearer in this niche 
scrap everything else and you'll have the confidence to like move forward with the niche that actually fuels your fire. And then you're going to have better SEO. You're going to have better referral power, all of these things. So I think research and development is actually a major part of this quiz benefit that is kind of underutilized potentially. So Katie, let's talk through some specific quiz examples. So honeymoons, I feel like no matter what your niche is, every travel advisor has planned at least one honeymoon. But not all honeymoons are like a week at an all-inclusive in the Caribbean. Some people want a safari or they want to go to Iceland and see the Aurora Borealis or whatever. So what is your perfect honeymoon destination? I don't know if the statistics have changed, but I know right after COVID started to lighten up and people were planning weddings again that got delayed, like the wedding industry was slammed. My brother-in-law and his fiance are planning a wedding right now. And it's the demand for vendors is absolutely insane. So like, even if you're not necessarily niching down to honeymoons specifically, lean into how many people are planning honeymoons, because then you can figure out exactly what type of honeymoon your people are looking for. And maybe it is a safari and you want to plan more safaris. Who cares if it's a honeymoon? They want to go on safari. So like, again, segmenting it on the back end and then nurturing those leads allows you to find the clients you're looking for. They can find you. So a honeymoon is a very basic one, but when you deep dive into it, it could become a lot more detailed. Well, and Um, that would have budgetary information on there too. So like, I think that would be a really cool thing to have your people complete before, like it could be part of your, um, uh, your onboarding. Yeah. Like before we get started, I'd love to, for you to take this fun, quick quiz. And then if they do it, you can pull up the results. So Robin, this question is for you. Can you actually look at someone's specific answers? Yeah, I think so. So that could be cool too, because sometimes there's like this dissonance between like what each partner wants out of a romantic getaway. And you could even ask questions like that, like partner number one, what's their vision? Partner number two is there. And it could almost find this like marrying the concept. And if someone wants clear blue water, but one partner wants activity, one person wants relaxation, and they both are up for a long haul flight. Like, I feel like tying in logistical information could be fun too, because then you could be like Tahiti, not Maldives, because it's only primarily relaxation versus a little bit of culture. Tahiti is the perfect option because you've got the Polynesian culture and you're willing to take a long haul you want something more exotic than the Caribbean. And then you could use that information on the intake call to even like qualify and dive deeper, but they're primed in a way that they're like, oh, that actually is a really good idea. And maybe by the time they get on the phone, they've talked through some of these really important characteristics that you've already highlighted on a quiz. And what a fun way to kick off the intake process with clients instead of like fill out this form. Like, yeah, have them fill out the inquiry form, but then like, after you get their intake form, have it built into your Travel Joy workflow to send off. I just think there's so many ways to use it. But <laughs> our brains are spiraling. Like all of our faces are just smiling because we're like, how do I limit what I'm going to say? Here? Well, that's such a cute idea. Like think about the email. So somebody submits your inquiry form. They're like, did all the fun details. And it's like, need to kill some time, take my quiz, like and yeah. find out your travel style yeah. or the type of also- whatever. If you set it up correctly, it funnels them onto your newsletter list instead of like most people's inquiry form. It'll say, do you give us permission to market to you? <laughs> and that's lame. Yeah. People are like, lame. no. So like uh, doing a quiz is a, 
uh, a legally compliant way to put people on your email list because people are on like their wild in the streets adding whoever they want. This brought up another point, though, because you don't only have to have one quiz. So like if your audience is not just honeymooners, like, yeah, you could have an on. I mean, this is now this is like spiraling, but you could have a honeymooner onboarding process that does send them to that quiz. However, if it's like a multi-generational bucket list trip, you could also have a quiz like that. Like, what's your once in a lifetime trip? Oh, Katie's has an idea. Hit us with it. You could do it the other way, where when they go on your website to fill out your inquiry form, you hide the inquiry form, they take the quiz, and then it shoots them to a hidden page for different inquiry forms, depending on the response. Oh, God. I'm obsessed. So good. So, I mean, obviously, we're getting very advanced here. So, (laughs) that's such a good idea because, again, it all comes back to the personalization. No longer are you creating or you're filling out a generic form. It's tailored to you, the recommendations, like the follow-up email, the verbiage, all of it is just like aligned. That's when email marketing feels good. That's when you're like, okay, I'm happy I put my name on your list because like you're doing it correctly. I hate when people do it incorrectly and I'm on their list and they're spamming me daily and I'm like, whoa, I just wanted a coupon for dog food. Like I didn't need all of this other thing. So it's kind of like hosting a party. Like when you're hosting a party, you need to think of your guests. Like you need to think of your email subscribers as your guests. Like what information, what touch points are going to be beneficial and what are annoying, what are unnecessary, you know, what's going to keep people engaged versus what's going to probably just add to the noise and confusion of their chaos. Like you got to think about your ideal client. Like are they busy? CEOs, busy moms, like, do they check their email regularly? Like how often to eat? There's all these things that you need to play with. And I think that comes back to what we said in the beginning, like, it's a fine tuning process. Like at no point in time do you create a quiz, create an email sequence, do all these things, and then never touch it again. Because that's when it goes stagnant. That's when it doesn't work. That's when people are like, meh, you need to look at the analytics, you need to look at the data, you need to take the time to go interact and see what the results actually are so you can get that data for yourself. So don't set it and forget it. I just thought of one that is so niche specific, but like if you are a safari specialist or if like just the continent of of Africa in general, and you're like, what's your African adventure style? Because there are some things that are like lodges versus tented camps. You've got also trekking versus safari vehicles. You have flora and fauna versus animals. You have Wi-Fi versus super off-grid remote. You have coastal islands versus inland bush. There are so many things that if you are really niched down, your quiz can even be cooler. This will be the hill that we die on, like niche down. But if you niche down, like how much cooler is that, that like, it's even so specific that it's like, I have family back home. So I definitely need Wi-Fi and I want to combine wine and animals. So it gives me South Africa. Like it knows me, it pinpointed that. And then before I get on the call, I'm already primed to know that like Namibia probably wasn't my best bet. And I want to lodge versus a tented camp in a more like kind of easily accessible area because if I need to get home, I have access to an airport. There are just these logistical things that can really be tied in that your client doesn't even have to know they're being prompted for. They're just answering some fun questions. Right. They don't understand that they're like kind of showing their hand before the call because I do think there are some clients who want to like 
kind of like going to buy a car. You don't want to like put everything out on the table. I feel like some clients can be guarded. And then you get off the call and you think of 10 other questions you could have asked. Do you need to be accessible on your trip? Like who thinks to ask that? Another idea. Well, then who, kind of- whoever mentioned like that they, you know, want kind of like the seasonal exotic things, like when migration season is coming up, you can specifically target great migration. Or if there's harvest season for Pinotage, you can specifically say like this season is coming up, you know, I could pull a great itinerary for you. Like it can be so intentional. Sorry, I didn't I mean to interrupt. Like, Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. I feel like you could also do a quiz after an intake call where somebody is like kind of wishy-washy. I had, I've had clients like this and I know everyone listening has who literally are all over. They want to go to Portugal, then they want to go oh, to yeah. New Zealand, then they want to go... And they want to quote for all of them. They want, <laughs> they yeah. quote me a cruise, Ireland, <laughs> Mexico, all-inclusive. Yeah. And then while you're at it, a trip to space, please. Right. Like they just don't, they're all over. They think they want all of it and none of it at the same time. And I feel like you could always have a quiz built for clients like this, where it's like, hey, like on our call, it seemed like we haven't been, we can't quite hone in, take this quiz, and then we can hop on another call or whatever. But I like, especially for destinations where I had clients who wanted to go to Hawaii, for example, and they thought all the islands were the same. And no matter how I told them until I was blue in the face that all the islands are not the same, they wouldn't get it. So like what Hawaiian island is right for you based on this quiz. So you could also use it, leverage it as a a consultation tool as well. And then it doesn't, I feel like then it feels less aggressive to be like, I need you to give me an answer on where you want to go. Like instead it's like, take this quiz and then we can turn back. 100%. I mean, people used it for branding sometimes. Like it was something where I'm like, we have a quiz. Like if you need help kind of like taking an outside, because it is hard to say like what your brand style is. I think that's very complicated for people who don't know. And I think same thing with travel. Like I I don't know where I want to go, but I know the experience I want to have. So working backwards and creating those different experience buckets. I mean, think about like if you're a cruise specialist, like what brand of cruise is best for you? Like, cause all the brands of cruises are different. Like there's just so many, like John said, if you're size of ship, quality of food, activities on board, where they go, the type of adventures (laughs) that you, it's just so many things. So I mean, everyone's going to be like, I need a quiz. And you do, you 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 should try it, I think. Okay. So we, we haven't talked about how to market your quiz. And I think that's an important thing that we could discuss real quickly before we go is my mind immediately goes to Pinterest. Pinterest is great. Social media, obviously great. Here's what I would do. If I ever got into paid ads, if I ever paid like an ad specialist, I would create a quiz for my ad Mm -hmm. because think about, you don't want to just be like, work with me. I'm a travel advisor. It's like people need to be ready right then and there to do whatever it is you need them to do. But a great thing to grow if you if we started getting into paid ads, that's what I would do is like our lead generator. Cause typically if you're doing paid ads, you want somebody to like come in through a free resource or of something like that. So I would, I think paid ads on Facebook would be awesome. I know you can do sponsored posts on Pinterest, things like that. So, and any, any sort of promotional material, I would use it there as well. You can also like do it through your email list. Like obviously if you're-, you're sending them an email already. And so if you wanted to start segmenting your audience yeah. that you already have, then that would be a way to start. I mean, there's there's a million different ways. 
market it everywhere. Like put it as a pop-up on your website, put it somewhere on your website. It should definitely be on the homepage of your website if you have a freebie that, and again, like if you have different services and like you want a different quiz for like your different services or something like that, you can put it on the individual pages. Definitely you want to put it on your website for sure. Yeah. And I would say go a step further and put it as like a banner at the top. Like I was just going to say a banner at the very top. Like when we had open enrollment for seven figure sales, it was like the first thing you saw at the top of the website. Well, and just following like website best practices, like you can have it as a banner and you could also have it like as people scroll down your website, like in the body of your website too, with a button that says like, curious, take the quiz. So like once you've done it one place, it's just like your call to action buttons where you're like ready to plan. Like you can have it in multiple places in your website. It doesn't necessarily have to be a pop-up. It can be a banner. It can be in the footer. But very rarely, let's just say this, are people going to give away an email address to subscribe to something because they now equate it with being sold to or spammed. So like just having a subscribe here at the bottom of your website is that's probably not doing much for you. So I would say that is like Pinterest, social media, multiple places on your website, like Robin said, like paid ads and sponsored ads on Instagram or paid ads on Facebook. If I see a quiz advertised on social media, I usually want to know the answers. So it's just that introspective kind of question. Okay. I have one last question. If you have an audience that's not that might think a quiz is cheesy, is it still applicable? Do you think that you could do like a luxury straightforward quiz to someone that is kind of like a no fluff audience? Your take, both of you. I think so. Like the aesthetics and the language that you use in creating the quiz obviously matters. Like don't have super bright colors and like comic sans font, right? So make sure that your quiz looks nice, sounds nice, is polished and professional. Make sure like the quiz results match up to a luxury audience too. Like you don't want to say what luxury hotel are you and then your one of your results is a three-star hotel. But like some luxury quiz topics instead of something generic. And I, I also think that you could take the topics we've talked about and just elevate them. So instead of what cruise line is best for you, what expedition cruise is right for you. Those are higher ticket. They tend to target a luxury audience because they're $20,000 a person or something like that. Don't take your business so seriously sometimes. Like being hush-hush about who you're servicing if you have a high-end clientele or things like that. Of course, take that seriously. Confidentiality is, is king. But also like travel is fun. You can have fun with travel. Let's not First of all, not everyone is booking luxury. We we say that a lot, but like if you're not booking luxury, don't put what hotel brand are you? Do something that's more aligned with a mid-budget trip. If you are only booking luxury, then of course your quiz should be aligned with that. But just know that like everyone is going to want to do something fun because they're traveling for fun. Right. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Thank you for joining us today, Katie. This was a fun and funny episode to record and hopefully helped advisors gain some ideas that they can immediately put into play when creating a quiz for their audience. And thank you for joining another episode of Teak Talks. If you're loving our content, we would love and appreciate your support and feedback. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so that you never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. 
What can we say? We're not kidding when we tell you that we're big on transparency. That's why we've compiled a few bloopers. Whether you're laughing with us or at us, enjoy these never-before-heard moments. Grab your beach bag and your most recent rom-com, like, beach, beach, what is it, like, called chiclet? Sorry, that's an overgeneral. I think that's a dated term now, but um, <laughs> canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing a quiz is a, uh, a legally compliant way to put people on your email list because people are out like there wild in the streets adding whoever they want. That was um, me and Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah only done that. Almost got banned from Flowdesk. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we had to like plead our case like we didn't mean to spam everyone <laughs> oh, here's your yeah here's your quarterly reminder we're just Don't dumb do that. <laughs> um, uh, I am this is joe rogan we would keep all of this but it's not so i'm gonna uh, manifest a wealthy lifestyle though i'm gonna go i'm gonna start sleeping in a suit they grammar a lot <laughs> uh, uh, grammar is part of my regular vernacular <laughs> they say things in grammar <laughs> they do oh, grammar man. good I don't, <laughs> I don't even know where we went off the rails here. So. <laughs> I don't know either. Mind blown, no. like a private jet. We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of Teak Talk. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community where we host live events, answer your questions share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year. Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing. Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.